You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. The best part of the hunting season is finally here. We've waited for this all year long. Now let's make it count with some great gear from our partners. First up, Tacticam is our title sponsor, and their point-of-view cameras are my go-to method for filming my hunts. Their new 6.0 camera has added a 1-inch LCD touchscreen that has totally changed the game for me. Its lightweight design, weatherproof housing, and one-touch operation really simplify the self-filming process and make sure that I have high-quality footage to share with my family and friends. My personal favorite for archery season is two 6.0 cameras, one on a stabilizer mount on my bow and one on a bendy clamp mount for an over-the-shoulder angle. And I pair this with a Tacticam remote so I can turn both cameras on with the push of a single button. To learn more or pick up your 6.0 today, head over to Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. Now as the temps begin to drop, I know I'll be hunting in comfort with my Huntworth camo. Huntworth is making high-quality, technical hunting clothing at a fraction of the price of other brands. This time of year, I'm making sure to layer smart. I start with a set of base layers, either the Casper or the Bangor, which I have found to be very comfortable and moisture-wicking. Next, I'll have on either my Elkins midweight top and bottom or my Saskatoon heavyweight top and bottom. Either way, I'm also going to be bringing my Saskatoon vest. And because the hunting often gets better when the weather turns nasty this time of year, the Winstead rain suit lives in my hickory pack all the time. And I can honestly say that this is the best rain suit that I have ever used. You can learn more or grab your Huntworth gear today at HuntworthGear.com. And finally, the Onyx Hunt app is an absolutely indispensable tool for me this time of year. If I'm not in the action, I'm going to be making a move to go find it. And the Onyx Hunt app helps me identify those terrain features that I want to key in on with their latest aerial imagery additions. The app now has fully functional 3D on both iOS and Android, low-resolution satellite images updated every two weeks with historic lookback, and leaf-off imagery, all in addition to the base maps that you've always had in the app. Get more out of your maps this season and know where you stand with the Onyx Hunt app. Now let's get into this week's show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast. And once again, I've got my brother, Mr. Pierce Nellis, on the line. Pierce, what's going on, buddy? Not much, dude. Sounds like a uh, we got a twister rolling through up here at this last day of warm unseasonably warm weather here in wisconsin oh yeah a little bit yeah, of a little bit of sketchy weather there. yeah i mean it looks nice it just looks like a tree might go down in the process yeah geez man it's it's a little uh, a little gray down here we had lows in the uh in the upper 30s mid 30s this morning got a high of about 60 right now hey so. i'm happy to say that i am right there in the same boat with you my friend that's so weird man for you, you don't guys. have the weather you the guys, weather won up on me this time. Right. Like, you guys have had such a strange winter. Uh, it has been weird. But you Super know what? Weird. You know what I should have done, Pierce, when I when I kicked this one off? I should have introduced you as the host of the of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. No. I should have done that. Guys, if, if you're not listening to the Wisconsin Sportsman and you haven't been keeping up, uh, Pierce took it over. I did. Uh, Pierce has been running that thing, and it's been... Uh, doing really well so uh, happy that you've been able to do that man glad to be able to hand my baby off to somebody that i can trust it to but um 
Pierce, this is the How to Hunt Deer podcast, and when it's February, there's a topic that we have to discuss, <laughs> right? It's February 8th, and everybody's going to talk about it. We've talked about it several times in the past on this show, on other shows. We've done a fair amount of it. Mm-hmm. I figured, though, this year, with this topic, I wanted to... I wanted to start with the end in mind, right? Like a wise man once told me, if you're trying to get somewhere, start with the end in mind, right? I want to start with the end in mind. Not where do I usually think or how do I usually feel about this topic in February, but how do I feel about this topic a couple weeks into trying to do it? And that here's, here's where I want to start. Shed hunting sucks. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> shed hunting sucks. So that's it, Pierce. That's our topic for today is I like shed it. hunting sucks. Um, it, it, it muted your laugh. So you must have laughed pretty oh. loud there. It muted the laughter. So uh, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, people are going to be like, oh, man, Pierce is just like staring at Josh. What is happening right now? Um, right. He must really love shed hunting. Yeah, he doesn't right. want any part of this uh, this roast of shed hunting. Pierce is so <laughs> offended with Josh right now. He cannot believe what Josh just said. No, um, okay. I like shed hunting. I really, really do. I like getting out to look mm-hmm. for sheds. Um, I love shed hunting after a burn. Man, that's such a cool thing. You come sure. out here to the pines in the south, they run a fire through these pine trees, and all the pine needles are gone, and you go walk it. Dude. You want to talk about finding some sheds. Like, they stick out like a sore thumb. It is amazing. Um, but here's the thing. I set out every year with high expectations and high hopes about finding some sheds. And I'm always disappointed. I, mm-hmm. I am not one of those guys that walks away with, uh, you know, a day of just like, oh, today was the day I found 12. No. Yeah. I'm always the guy that's like, ha, I found one today. You know, and like, mm-hmm. that's a... That's a great day for me. And maybe I'm just not very good at it. Maybe this should be called Josh sucks at shed hunting, not shed hunting sucks. And that would, that would be fair. Like, I'm not saying that that's not fair. I'm just saying, usually by the end of it, I have given up on shed hunting and I've moved on to something that's more fun yep. in my mind. And that is mm-hmm. postseason scouting. That is turkey season scouting. That is... uh just hiking in the woods and having a good time and enjoying it for what it is, as opposed to uh, trying to do some shed hunting. So Pierce, I want to know, man, what do you, what do you think about shed season, shed hunting, all of that? Where you at with it? Dude, I feel like across the board, shed hunting's almost become a, I don't know. Social media has made a mockery of shed hunting lately. Right. Right. And I think it's because to actually be good at it, you need I don't know. I don't know what you need. I wish I knew what you needed. You need, right? That's I, why we're that's why we're talking. <laughs> can I tell you what you need? I know what, what you need for good shed hunting. You need really good ground. Yeah. You need okay, so two things are true. Okay. When I look at the guys that find a lot of sheds, and when I look at the guys who consistently kill big deer every year, they have one thing in common, and that is they have access to really, really good ground. Um yeah. and they have either exclusive access to that ground. Or they had the timing right where they could get to that ground when the sheds were mostly dropping and other right. people were stuck at work or, you know, whatever the case may be. So um, right. that's what I see as being consistent. They've got good ground with a lot of bucks. And mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and 
and they got the late season food like that. Yeah, true it, that. I don't know of anybody who's like, yeah, I find a ton of sheds who's not doing a lot with late season food, either food plots or just straight right. up feeding feeding the deer, you know, baiting. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, man, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't hate it. Right? It's fun. It's right. a blast. Yeah. Oh, I don't hate uh, it either. I, I don't know if it's it's more so enjoyment from knocking the rust off and getting, uh, you know, right. getting out of the out of the house finally. Like it's warm enough that you can do so. Right. I always struggle knowing when to start. Right. Because I feel like Ooh. even already it's what, February 8th that we're recording this right now. Right. I think in, in the last two weeks, I've already seen people posting on the social media stuff of like, oh, yeah, I found a fresh one. Yep. Or, you know, first one of the year. Know, first, yep, exactly. First one of the year. It's like, how? Like, dude, I find one how, a year. What where, do you mean? When? What do you mean? First one of the year? Right. Like, I found my shed for the year. Like, that'd be my post. Exactly. But. Yep, exactly. And I. I'm kind of, I'm definitely in the same, the same boat as you, where I get excited for it. Um, my shed hunting missions typically turn into a postseason scouting mission right. more than anything. Right. Um, or I, I stumble across one while I'm setting up to turkey hunt. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not yeah. a, I wish I had the tactics and the strategies and, and all that, but I, I just don't right. at this point. Right. I think what you said there about late season food being just about everything. I think if I were to, uh, if there were to be one really hot tip, I would say your best odds have to be late season food or off the trail between that late season food source and wherever the bedding is in that area. Right. 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 Yep. I mean, I, I've heard over the years so many different things of like, oh, oh, well, you want to check in the bottom of little little ditches and draws or wherever there's a, a fence crossing or something because their their antlers get knocked loose when they from the impact of them, you know, kind of jostling when they hit the ground or yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah. How often do you really see that one? And granted, <laughs> granted, it's uh, you know, it is social media, right? Right. But when we're seeing these deer, these videos on online of, you know, whatever, maybe a a deer, moose, elk, I don't care. Usually they're out in the open, they're standing still and they just do a big shake of their head and their horns fly off. Right. Right. I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know anything. I would assume that that's being done. Because, like, where are most people's cameras at that time of year, right? Late season food. Right. They're an inventory tool, right? right? They're they're being used to, to see what bucks made it through, what bucks are still around, what bucks are in the area, maybe coming from other properties, stuff like that. If I had to put my eggs in a basket, I think late season food would be that basket. Right. Now, no, I agree. caveat to that is... Unless you're somebody who's got food plots, um, trying to find sheds in late season picked corn or bean fields sucks. Oh, dude. My first spring in Wisconsin, right? 
I waited until the snow finally melted mostly. And I mm-hmm. got the whole family out to this big cornfield. And I was like, here we go, guys. This is going to be it. And I realized very quickly that how many antlers are here? As many as your imagination can hold. Because <laughs> to, to quote the great Theo Vaughn, uh, as many as many as your imagination can hold, right? Because <laughs> you th- you definitely thought of the joke that he told with that, didn't you? Yeah. See, that's- yes, I did. <clears throat> <laughs> I was not expecting a Theo Vaughn reference yeah, on the show. Man. Yeah, I wasn't either. This is just where we went. So, um, but but I mean, seriously, like like we glass this entire field the whole time we're out there we're stopping and glassing and looking and we got five of us out there and we're we're looking hard man and we we checked i mean we scoured a legitimate 30 acre cornfield and found nothing like nothing and so um you you were a day too early i don't know what we did (laughs) i don't know what it was but i i didn't so i passed the field a few days earlier it's a field on public and there was a Mm -hmm. guy with his dog in the field and sure. the reason I was driving by was uh, checking to see if the snow had melted. And I noticed when I drove by, I was like, okay, yeah, the snow had melted. And there's a guy out there with his lab. So I'm like, ah, he's out there scooping. Mm-hmm. He's out there scooping some antlers. So he probably yep. found quite a few, um, I would imagine. But uh, so here, here's the thing, though. I mean, you're right. We do talk a lot about tactics and strategies. And if you've listened to this podcast, we've talked about all that, like mm-hmm. where to look for sheds, how to find sheds, how to time it just right, like what you should be doing to be – you know, having a camera in a specific location so that you're watching the bucks, and then when the buck you see or the buck you're after, the buck you've been after, whatever, drops his antlers, or you see, like, half the bucks have dropped their antlers, or, like, they've all dropped one side or whatever, like, get in the woods. And, like, yeah. we've covered all of that, but I'm like you, man. I get out there, and the mission devolves every single time. And I start scouting. Mm-hmm. And I start either scouting for deer or I'm scouting for turkeys. And uh, I, I really... I, that's what drove me to say, you know what, shed hunting sucks because um, it doesn't hold my attention. Like to me, an antler would be so awesome, but I, th- I guess it's maybe my odds of success are so low that I just I have a really hard time sticking with it once I get out yeah. there and, and get going. Now, before we did an episode on this last year, maybe the year before, and I was like, okay, guys, anybody out there who's ever found a set of sheds at a fence crossing, please message me. And I had mm-hmm. one person, like one person reached out. and was like, I found some at a, at a, at a fence crossing. And they were like, we mm-hmm. find them there regularly at this fence crossing. Like, okay, cool. That's cool. Nobody else. Nobody else. Really? Yeah. Thousands of people heard that episode. Nobody yeah. else had ever found one, at least <laughs> that felt like messaging me about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll issue that again. If you have found sheds, at a fence crossing where you can tell the deer jumped the fence and his antlers fell off on impact. Please message me. I want to hear about it. I want to feature you on Instagram, (laughs) but like, I want to know what was going on around that fence crossing that that's where they've had consistent luck. Right. Well, here's the thing. I want to know if it was a long, 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 you know, hog panel fence. And this is the one spot, like I, something, you know what I, I mean? I think they said it was like, it was kind of at the corner of the food and like 
betting was on the other side kind of thing. So it like, it was a, mm-hmm. it was a morning and evening kind of routine fence crossing. It wasn't like, okay, gotcha. it wasn't like, Oh, here's a fence crossing that deer jump every now and then it was like, here's the one they cross every single day to get to right. this field and to get back to bed, you know, back and forth. So, uh, I, I think it was one of those things of like, it's probably like the fence crossing of all fence crossings. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's, it's, you guys it's, should start incorporating that in your, uh, habitat designs what's that working one must cross fence oh so that in the springtime folks can uh pick up all their sheds in a nice neat pile that's a really good idea actually <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say incorporate something that like made all the deer go to one spot i was like oh dude we do <laughs> let me show you what we do we do a lot of that. you you saw the design right i mean we we do oh, yeah. a lot of that with yeah. barriers and all kinds of different things but have you ever heard of shed traps? No. Okay. These are popular down here in the South. Um, and people need to stop it. So if you're listening to this and you like putting out shed traps, you need to quit. Um, I'll just go ahead and shoot you straight on it. You need to stop doing it. A shed trap is a trough-style deer feeder, typically, with fencing, chicken wire, something like that, that goes at an angle. So that when a buck sticks his head in to eat the corn or whatever, his antlers hit the fencing, right? And it jostles him just a little bit. Or maybe it's a stick or something like that. But here's the problem with that. If the buck has, has incurred some kind of injury around the base of his antler, say from the rut when he was smashing his head into the head of another 200 pound animal, and Mm -hmm. he's got maybe a small hairline fracture there that will eventually heal. If he puts his head up against something hard, there's the potential that it could disrupt that, take a chunk or a piece of the skull with him. You've, you've probably seen it online where people are like, you know, oh, here's a freshie. You know, they show you, and I saw this actually yesterday on Instagram. People are like, here's a freshie. And you see the bottom of the base, and there's a chunk yeah. of the skull plate on there. And it's like, well, dude, that, that deer's probably going to die. Like, mm-hmm. that deer is probably going to get some kind of infection there and die. So he didn't put out a shed trap. It just happened that way. But, you know, these shed traps can lead to infections because they cause just a little chunk of skull to come with it. Next thing you know, it gets infected. And an infection right there next to your brain is not going to take very long uh, to to kill you. So, uh, Interesting, man. I've never heard of that. mm -hmm. If you like shed traps, maybe don't do it. (laughs) Maybe don't. Yeah, maybe maybe stop liking them. I think there's a, I think there's a really strong case that we should not do that. And here's the thing, not just from like a don't mess with the animals kind of perspective, but like a, do you really want to kill that three year old that you passed this year because you mm-hmm. wanted his sheds that bad? Right. Like, do you do, are his sheds worth you not getting to shoot him at four? Right. That's what you have to think about. So, uh, anyway, boy, that brought the the tenor of this conversation down a notch, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe we should uh, let's bring it back up. So. Uh, are you going, are you going to shed hunt this year? I'm going to, uh, at some family property this year. So like you are, you are going uh, to go out with the purpose of shed hunting. Might even do it this weekend. And you're not going to be out there for another purpose. Like the purpose is the shed hunt. Oh, I'm going to try and find some uh, secluded buck bedding. Right. And figure out where exactly on this property. Cause next year I'll be, or this coming fall, I'll be able to hunt it. Um, it, it's going to be more of a scouting mission than a shed hunt, but okay. I know where 
relatives of mine have found sheds in the past. Okay. Um, so you've got some intel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. All right. And it's unfortunately going to be grid searching the cornfield, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like the least fun way to shed hunt. Um, yeah. I always look at those guys online that I'm like, you know, I'm watching them on Instagram or whatever, and they're just walking through like wide open timber. And they're just like, oh, there's a shed. You know, they see the tines sticking mm-hmm. up from 30 yards away, and they walk over there and pick it up. And, oh, there's another shed, and it's a 40 yards farther in this wide open timber. And it's like, really? Like, how? Where are you? Yeah, where are you at? Is, is there a fence around this, sir? Like, is mm-hmm. are these high-fenced animals? Because I just, I don't know, man. I just don't see. And I think it comes back, though, to, like, if you have enough animals there, there are enough that are going to walk through there to eventually drop their sheds in there. Like, it's just. Right. It's just what it is. But uh, last year, I did not actually get out specifically for a shed hunt, and I will not this year either. Um, no? Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. It's Well, here's the thing. Our turkeys start gobbling in like a week. Uh, so Don't say that. <laughs> oh, oh, they start, they start gobbling real soon. Uh, <laughs> real, real soon. In fact, I'm curious when I first started finding this strutter last year. So I found a strutter last year that was just right here by my house there was no way i could hunt him couldn't get permission but not the one that <clears throat> dave owens high hold you on no no that <laughs> dude that was on my lease man right i'm like dude i didn't even know you were on this lease and i messaged i messaged <laughs> him about it and he's like ha ha small world <laughs> yeah how about how about ha ha let's hunt together like give me you know give me something man but yeah it's just like ha ha small world like, yeah, all right, well, you better believe. That's I'm, awesome. You better believe I'm going to be in there on opening day this year. Uh, right. I will say, though, out of, like, tremendous respect for the guy, he went in there and hunted that property one time, one mm-hmm. day, killed one turkey, and he didn't come back. And that's something that I've, I, I feel like I've admired about him is, like, he's careful about how many turkeys he takes off of a place. Yeah. He went into a spot, he took one on opening day, and he's like, all right, I'm done. Right. You know? And if the <clears throat> if the list is to be believed, there were no other turkeys taken on this property. Um, Interesting. This well, I'm sorry. One there was one other turkey taken on that property later on in the season, and I know for mm-hmm. a fact that morning. Did I ever send you the video of that morning when I, I think I texted you when I was like, I hear a turkey or I hear what could be a turkey off in the distance. I better sit on it but it could be a dog yeah. barking, you know? Yeah. And I had four four gobblers come in that day. Like, mm-hmm. I sat down, got settled, called, and four hammered like 100 yards away. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They went from 300 yards to 100 yards. And I never got them, man. They had hens with them. <clears throat> oh. And the whole, the whole group came. And um, they, never, they never came in. They kind of went back and forth on this ridge up above me. I, I was yeah. in a bottom. And because I was texting you, I just thought, I don't know if this is a turkey or not, right? So I'm like, I'll just sit down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, ended up, it was multiple turkeys. But anyway, like so, hunting bottoms for, uh, for turkeys? Not if I get below them. I feel like if I'm below them, I'm, I'm shot. Right. I feel like if, I get, if I'm below them, I don't feel like they're going to come to me. Right. Um, but honestly, I was, I was walking back to my car. Like I was, oh, I, was just, sure. I was just done for the day. I was there was no, 
you know, thought process of trying to actually kill a turkey. I was just walking through and I was like stopping every now and then. And then it happened. So, um, anyway, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing some turkey scouting. I'm not going to be doing much shed hunting this year. I do want to ask you, Pierce, how much weight are you going to put into it? Like if you find, let's say a a mega shed, right? Or Mm -hmm. man, maybe you find a 70 inch side or just something stupid, 70 or 80 inch side, right? how much stock are you going to put into that? Like what, what does that do for you <clears throat> other than give you something cool to put like on the shelf next to you? Like, do you, I, be- do you believe that helps your hunting strategy at all? No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. No, That's fair. That's it fair. Nothing. It does nothing for my hunting strategy. I get excited. Um, I always, it's like anyone, but I'm like in the same camp as you where it's like, I find my one shed of the year and I am stoked. You know right. what I mean? A couple of years ago, while turkey hunting, um, <clears throat> I was talking to Kent Boucher about it because he's a big Shen Hunter uh, from the first Gen Hunter podcast. Um, and he was rattling episode, off some of the, the Iowa sheds that he Thank you. Great episode. He was guys, rattling off some of the. Uh, hold on. Let me let me do this. I got to do it. Pierce. Yeah. If you guys have not <laughs> listened to that episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman, you need to go do it. All right. Sorry. You can go ahead. I appreciate that. Yep. Folks of this podcast may also be interested in. This past week's uh, episode with Mr. Paul Anir, as we discussed the proposed Northwoods uh, doe hunting ban in the great state of Wisconsin yep. and some of the implications that that carries. And we just have a great conversation about, uh, you know, deer management and health in general and yeah. how difficult that is in a state that's got such a diverse ecosystem from that southern farmland all the way up to the big north woods right um kind of stuff where they're where they're struggling but so we're going back to kent um he started rattling off some of the measurements of sheds that he's found and i think he said his biggest his biggest Typical was 68 inches, and his biggest non-typical was 72 inches. Jeez. That's a hammer. <laughs> so we're talking Booner. Yeah. We're talking Oh, booners. yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. The one time I found a shed while turkey hunting, biggest shed I've ever found by far on my buddy's uh, parents' land. Never deer hunted it. I turkey hunted it like two mornings or so, and, uh, you know, both times within like an hour of leaving one of them was sending me a photo of like a full strutted bird standing 10 yards from, you know, the trampoline or something like that. Like just <laughs> stupid stuff in the backyard, just hanging out. Um, but I found that shed. I measured it last week uh, and that rang up at 65 and five eighths. Holy moly. Really? Yeah. That picture I sent you didn't do it justice. Dude. I forget what the beam was on it, but I think it was almost 24. It was nuts. No kidding. Yeah. Holy yeah, dude, cow. It was a hammer. <laughs> That's I looked wild. really hard. Yeah. I looked really, really dude. hard. And now that I'm thinking of it, he dropped it in his bed because he was probably 150 yards, slightly uphill in some real thick uh, kind of like buckthorny type stuff, but from where he sat, he could see through the under, you know, under the canopy oh, yeah. out to the house yep. along this kind of mowed pasture. Yep. 
And then he had nothing but a big drop off behind him. And so like he 100% dropped that in his bed. I looked around for a little while to see if I could find um, another, uh, you know, a matching set, but right. no such luck. That yeah. is the hardest I've ever looked for a second shed. Though. Uh, I bet. <laughs> Freaking Booner shed. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's awesome. All right. So it's not, it, it's not going to play into your hunting strategy, right? No. And so no, not after Sam Billhorn turned me <laughs> off to that idea. <laughs> yeah. He, he <laughs> shut it down pretty hard, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I, I think that could be different depending on where you're at. So I think down here mm -hmm. in, we're not in ag country. We're in primarily uh, hill country, pines. Um, I'll be honest with you. If, if not a lot changes with the timber, like if there's not a new clear cut or something like that that pops up, if I find a shed here, I'm fairly confident he's going to be around next year in, in really? this general area. Because what I feel like I see here is less movement than what you see in farm country. We don't have mm -hmm. the rotation of crops that we have to yeah. worry about. We don't have, uh, you know, really small blocks of timber that may mm -hmm. get blown out for the year and deer don't go back to or whatever. We've got huge chunks, right? But if a new clear cut pops up, that will change a lot, like very, very quickly. Sure. It will change. It'll, it'll change a whole bunch. Like he may never come back kind of, kind of thing. Interesting. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, just, it just depends. It, it just, it just depends. I think they're all, I think they're all so unique um, that I don't think we could even, could even know. But I, again, I think that's because of where we're at. I, we're not in, mm -hmm. not being in ag country. I, I do think up there with the snow and with everything you guys have yep. with the winter, like we don't have any of that. So like, I think Sam's on something to for move. that. Right. I, yeah. I think Sam's on something for that Northern climate of, yeah. it doesn't matter where they are in February. Or mm -hmm. early March because they're not going to be there next year. Well, one hundred percent down here. They don't have any food plots. They don't have any ag fields. They don't have any deer yards that they go to. They don't have uh, anything except for that same clear cut that they've been eating on for the last two years. So mm -hmm. why would they leave? Right. You know they're not going to go anywhere else unless they're pushed out. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, so all right, they're not going to play into the hunting strategy for you. They're not going to play in the hunting strategy for me because I'm I'm just not going to do it. I would say they're not playing in outside of if I find a specific set of sheds or a specific side that okay. gives me some sort of indication that hey, this buck made it through right all the you know hunting season and at least was around to this point where he dropped his shed. Right. So it may give you a heads up where you're like, hey, this guy's here. like the 65 inch shed. You find one of those, it's like okay. Yeah, I need to hone in. Like, where is he yep. at? And mm -hmm. maybe it could give you a starting point. All right. right. I, I wonder about this, and I've never done it personally. I wonder if others have done it. But this time of year, you know, when you're when you're trying to find bucks or trying to do your inventory, if you find a really good shed, like, would you throw up a camera in that area just because you found a shed there? Because they're there right now. If you're finding them fresh, like, they're there right now. Right. So like, right. why not throw up a camera and see if you've got a 230 or 250 pound deer coming through? Because if yeah. you find a really good shed that you like and the first picture that pops up on that camera is a really good buck, it's like, all right, now I know something. Like mm -hmm. now I know there's a fully mature buck in here right now. Is that ever something? Have you ever done anything like that? I haven't. 
primarily because I, up until this season, really have not done a whole lot of postseason scouting, namely because I haven't really known how. I haven't really been as well versed in my woodsmanship about reading deer sign, reading terrain, reading all this other stuff. Um, the majority of which, honestly, I've, I've learned from from talking with you and talking with Sam and you know guys like Jacob Sklenner and stuff like that, who understand the landscape and the habitat and how deer use specific features, right? right. Especially just on a year round basis. Um, if I find one close to, like, say, like I find one, like I like I did, like that that big one there that was definitely in a bed. It was definitely you know, in, you know, within eyeshot of, you know, the buildings on the edge of a drop-off, I can kind of infer from there. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this is a pretty solid piece of a puzzle. I found this shed in this buck's bed. Right. right. I can start to build a picture around that. What are the, right? o- what can... are the odds he's never going to come back to that bed? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like in yeah. that scenario, that spot just works no matter what time of year it is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So stuff like that. If it's something, you know, it's tough, man, finding them outside of a bed, though, or a bedding area, I guess. For me, at least. Right. Because, like we said, so many factors can influence why is this buck that normally they spend, you know, 10 months out of the year, a mile and a half that way, but because the food source was here they showed up and I found their sheds. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I think it's tough to gather Intel off of that and really take inventory of like, Oh yeah, I found this huge shed. This is where, you know, I've got this massive buck on my property this year. Well, if you did, you probably would have seen him on trail cam with all the other ones. Right. Right. At some point, like at some point he probably would have walked through at night or, or who knows. Right. I think food source sheds, are cool. They're really tough to paint a bigger picture off of aside from that. Right. Unless you have Intel from that buck, like I said, where you can look back and be like, okay, I had an idea that he was betting, you know, in this, you know, strip of timber in this ag field. And, you know, I found his sheds 150 yards, you know, out in the middle of the field or whatever, like, okay, cool. He stayed there throughout the season. It was thick enough for him to do so. But when you find a shed or when you find a bed, just like anything, asking yourself the question of like, why is this deer here? Is it just to eat or are they spending more time than just this or just right now? Right. In this area. Right. And that's going to, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point. So if you find the shed, start asking the question why, because it may be something useful. I don't want to totally write them yep. off. But right. cool, man. Well look, we I end up thinking though, after I've shed hunted and not found anything, shed hunting sucks. That's where I right. end. That's where I end, right? That, that's that's why I started with that. I want to start with the end in mind. Shed hunting sucks because I went shed hunting. I spent my whole day doing it. I didn't find anything. Therefore, I'm going to just spend my time scouting and turkey, right. turkey scouting, deer scouting. And if I find a shed, like, cool. Right. <clears throat> you know, I'm happy. Glad All, about that. Everything I just said is presuming you found a big shed 
in a bed, Pre- presuming you found a shed, period. Right. Right. Which right. I suck at doing. And right. so if I find a piece of the puzzle, great. But for me, it's a side quest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. That's I'm a, dude, that's in, a really in, good way of putting that. It's a side quest. Like it really is. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time keeping my eyes trained down. Like when I get out in the woods right. anyway, like, Did I don't know, man. Like rub line. Oh, dude. Like if you ask me, I don't, I mean, what's more valuable, right? Like eight hours of staring at the ground and, and then eventually finding a shed, a four point side or something, maybe even a buck I want to go after. Or that eight hours spent just piecing this place apart, just picking mm-hmm. it apart, finding all the right details, picking out the right tree to sit in the next fall. What's yeah. more valuable? The antler or the knowledge? Knowledge. Always. <sighs> yeah. I got to say the knowledge. I got to say the knowledge. But anyway, all right. The antler can be a piece of the knowledge. I can hear people out there being like, but wait a second. The right. antler is a piece of the puzzle. You're right. It is. Uh, but hey, if you just you flip it around it. instead of what's that? <laughs> you got to find it still. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, instead of, uh, instead of leaving it with, Hey, shed hunting sucks. We can just say, Hey, Josh sucks at shed hunting. Therefore he's going to do more valuable things with his time. Uh, Pierce, I got one more thing that I want to cover, man. And I, I need a counseling session. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh boy. I have been as of late Turkey season's here. Like I'm, I'm ready, right? Like I'm ready yeah. for Turkey season. I'm going to go nuts this turkey season, by the way, um, yeah. if I'm not too busy. Like, as of right now, my April is, like, totally booked with consulting. So, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be turkey hunting at all, actually. Um, but I have been – I said to you earlier this year that I think I'm not going back to Wisconsin this year to hunt deer. Yeah. Right? And then something happened, and I have been playing the the shot on the big one that I took and skimmed his back and then the missed opportunity on the first day. And then the other missed opportunity where he passed just out of like, just behind the block of brush that I probably could have squeezed one off, but I didn't, Mm -hmm. but mostly the, mostly the skim in the back and the, and the, just, I didn't shoot. I've been playing that over and over again in my head, man. And I, I feel like I need it to be November right now. And I need to be back in that tree. Like yep. on that pinch point, dude. So I I'm feeling a lot of grief, man. What 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 do you got for me? I think what you need from the sound of it, um, in my semi professional counseling uh seat here, sounds like you need closure. And I think the only way for you to get it is to come on back up north and throw a good 12-day rutcation at it. You I know think what? that's that's I the think, only option really. I think you're right. I really I really do think you're right. And <clears throat> after going back and looking at pictures, here's here's what I've concluded. Mm-hmm. I thought that deer, I had him on camera the year before and I thought he was the one I skimmed. I yep. thought he was a 1-year-old the year before. Right. He was either a freak of a two-year-old, like a one thirty, two-year-old. Yep. I mean, you saw the videos, or how? How? What would you score him at? Oh, one thirty-five, probably one thirty-five. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. Like he's, I don't he's, know, man. He's heavy. He, dude, he's he is heavy, and he's got junk, like not, like a gross score, like no deductions, dude. He's he might yeah. be at one forty mark. 
Yeah. But so I I don't know. So he's either a three or a, he was he was either a two or a three year old this year. Um, mm-hmm. but dude, if he made it, good golly, like, Rap. and how cool would it be to go back? And wrap your hands around a deer, actually get him aged, and be like, dude, I had him as a one-year-old. I missed yeah. him as a 140-inch two-year-old, mm-hmm. and then I sealed the deal on him as a public land three-year-old on this heavily public, pu- heavily pressured piece of public yeah. out of what has quickly become just my favorite little area, you know, on that, right. on that spot. But Dude, that's the thing. Um, You've got so many hypotheses about this place you've got it dialed you've got your what you think are like what the top three or four spots on this entire piece no question no question i don't think you can make yourself wonder you know what i mean you can't leave it at that you need to go in there and you need to make it happen yeah and confirm these theories and uh get yourself some closure man yeah i think you're right i think before that i should probably come up there and kill a turkey though well, you got a preseason scout, duh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, oh, man. All right. Maybe find a shed. Who knows, dude? Hey, maybe. You got to come maybe, up here in the spring. Dude, I mean, if, I, if I can find a shed, I can build my whole hunting strategy off of that. Exactly. Yeah, that, right? <laughs> Can't we do that? So, uh, all right. Find, you're going to find the side of that with that split G2 that oh. you passed up on the first morning. And you'll just carry that memento with you. Dude. Until November. Okay, here's the deal. I hold on. Let me see. Um, I I don't know for sure if that buck made it through the season, mm-hmm. but I would love to see it if he did, because I, did I ever say what I thought was like the size of that deer, like as far as inches? I don't think so. No, I think he was probably in the one fifties. Dude, he was wide. I mean, he was he was a big big deer. But here's here's one thing I would like to show you. This was shot out there, and people aren't going to be able to see this. This was shot out there, and if you look real close, he has a forked G2. And it was shot, like, over there where I was. Ever right. show you, did I show you that, that bad boy? Yeah, you did send okay. that one to me. All right, so he's got the split, but I don't, I don't know if that one has the width that the other one did. And I don't know. See that again? I feel like the split... The split on the one that I that I saw looked like a true forky, and that doesn't look like it would. I don't think I'd mistake that for a four point if I saw. No, it split. dude, that's a hammer of a buck, though. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's got the similar frame, like the same cage that that one right. did in the photo, or at least the outline of it did. Right. But yeah, you're right, man. I mean, the way you described it, it was, you know, finger length forks, right? Right. I mean, it looked like a forky. Yeah, it looked like a forky, and then just come to find out that was like the top four inches of his right G two. Um, I bet he's still out there. I bet he is that a hole. Uh, anyway, <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, this is devolving pretty quick here. So, um, anyway, Pierce, man, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate that, uh, guys. Go out there and find some sheds, man. It's uh, it's cool if you've got some ground that you can find sheds on. It's a lot of fun. You want to get out there and do it? I would. Uh, I'd recommend just you know maybe making it your side mission. Yep. Your side have quest. a couple other goals in mind. Yeah, have a couple other goals in mind. Maybe it's just and here's here's maybe one of my one of my favorite ones, right? I love and this time of year I feel like 
it's such a blank slate for me to get out there and figure out what the actual topography and lay of the land is that you can't yep. see at other times of year. Like, get out there and do that. Like, if nothing else, you're mapping in your mind, like, oh, this is a six-foot rise, and then it kind of dips off just a little bit and then comes back up. You'll never see that yep. if you don't walk that. Like, you'll, exactly. if you're sitting in your tree stand and that's 50 or 100 yards away, you're not going to realize the dip there and, like, you know, there's just so much more that you can pick up this time of year if you just get out there and walk it. So, guys, get out there, find some sheds, do some postseason scouting, get fired up for turkey season. I can't talk too much about turkey hunting on this podcast because it's called How to Hunt Deer. But you better believe there's going to be some turkey content this year because now I'm not doing the Wisconsin sportsman. My turkey obsession has to come out somewhere, and I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid this well, you're is still going to be, be a uh, our our phoned in turkey expert. We're going to have a oh. lot of. I pretty much blocked out all of April for us to just ramble Jeez. about turkey. Okay, here's so. the deal though. How do I get <laughs> how do I get you down here to Georgia? Because we can oh, turkey man. hunt. We can turkey hunt. Hold on. Let let me give you this. Let me give you this little tidbit right here. I'm about to throw past you. I can have us a place to turkey hunt on March 23rd. Oh my god. I can have us turkey Don't hunting. Say that. I can have us turkey hunting March thirtieth and thirty first here in Georgia. I oh think. my goodness! Definitely in Alabama. So got a spot to go in Alabama. Yeah. So like, dude. Dude. What else do you have going on? I mean, come on. <laughs> Aside from trying to get a business off the ground, uh, not a whole nah, lot. Business business. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, nah, totally get it, man. Next year we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to set aside turkey camp. We'll do a southern turkey camp. Oh, yeah. And then maybe do a northern turkey camp where, you know, early season in April, you come down here when it's still nice. And then, you know, late April, I'll come up and we'll do some some zone two or zone one hunting and, uh, you know, enjoy the frigid temperatures like we did last year. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I'm I'm totally game for that plan. All right, bro. We have to make that happen. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show and help me bring you great content each and every week. If you're looking for more outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com where you're going to find my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts.